hppodcraft.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our first bonus content show where we'll talk about any topic you suggest. Mm-hmm. I'm Chad Pfeiffer. I'm Chris Lackey, and we're at hppodcraft.com. Should remind you, this is the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. I don't know how you wouldn't know that if you uh, have gotten here, but <laughs> we'll say it anyway. <laughs> Folks wrote in, and right away, there was a consensus that people wanted us to talk about Lovecraftian cinema. It's something that we've talked about in the past, our video chats that we've done with folks, and mm-hmm. uh, just throughout our show over the years we've always brought it up but we figured why not just kind of condense it a bit take maybe some of our favorite Lovecraftian movies and talk about why they're Lovecraftian and why we like them yeah I don't think that we're going to be able to even come close to totally covering the entire genre of Lovecraftian cinema oh no Uh, we're not experts on this but that hasn't stopped us before I will say I've been reading a lot about Melville lately, obviously, because we're doing the Bartleby the Scrivener shows. Yeah. One thing that was interesting, since he was kind of a dud in his lifetime, Mm -hmm. when it came to the 1920s and there was this resurrection among English readers who were really digging on Moby Dick and some of his other stuff, I I was reading that what some folks would do is they'd send Moby Dick to friends and without comment, not saying this is a great book or anything, say, hey, go ahead and read this Mm -hmm. and tell me what you think. And if people dug it, they'd be like, that guy's cool. He can be in our literary society or whatever. (laughs) But if they didn't like it, then they would know they had bad taste. Before it was a hugely famous book was this sort of, you know, test for whether somebody was uh, cool or not. And I thought that was yeah. that was really neat. And it reminded me of, you and I wrote a Lovecraftian movie called Solitude. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. And I, I don't know if you know this, but for a while, Stuart Gordon, who we developed it with, we couldn't get it off the ground, but he kept the script around and that was his uh, Moby Dick for people who were trying to intern at his production company. Oh, really? So he'd give them two <laughs> scripts. One was Solitude <laughs> and one was like another one that he didn't like so well. Uh-huh. And he'd say, let me know what you think of these. And if they liked solitude they were in oh whoa no he never knew that yeah isn't that cool and i I only found that out because i was with a a buddy of mine we went to go see this movie centurion there were a bunch of horror nerds out there that it all worked for Stuart. he was introducing me to and they all knew who i was because they had all read the script oh blew my mind yeah (laughs) they were the ones in the know so i guess that's my favorite lovecraftian movie uh to be self-interested as we kick off the show No, let's talk about some things that people have actually seen. These are no particular order. I want to stress that. I don't have a favorite, but there are some I like a lot. And there are others that I like kind of, and then others that are, eh, you know, they're all right. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to just start it off with this one because I'm kind of biased. I helped make it the Call of Cthulhu film uh, adapted by the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society that came out in 2005. I love it. It was directed by Andrew Lehman and written by Andrew Lehman and Sean Branny. Obviously, I think it is one of the most faithful adaptations of a work of H.P. Lovecraft's. I would agree, yeah. It's super, super low budget. I, I don't think it matters. I think it transcends its budget and it's super cool and it kind of takes the best of Lovecraft and just delivers. Of course, again, I helped make it. Right. I'm in it. I'm deeply invested in it. So, of course, that's how I feel. <laughs> Same here. I'm glad we're getting all the ego stuff out of the way right at the top here. <laughs> I, I didn't have too much to do with it. I mean, I just had to show up a couple of days and shoot. You worked on it a lot. I did. Yeah. I helped build sets. I was on, on the set helping shoot all the time. I was a associate producer of the whole thing. So, yeah, I was really involved. It was a great project. Uh, it's super fun. I think you're right that it doesn't really, uh, the budget doesn't really affect it. You don't have to think about that. But it is amazing what was done on the shoestring budget. Oh, that you my guys God. Had. Yeah. Well, I think it was Lehman and Brandy's kind of theater experience and knowing how to 
make a little look like a lot. Yeah. They did a really great job with that. And they have great actors in there that have to kind of overdo it. You know, like uh, Chad Fiverr. He's really good. <laughs> a few others. Overdoing it. That's just what I do. <laughs> You'll notice I'm not in many other movies. Now, the follow-up to The Call of Cthulhu was The Whisperer in Darkness. Yes, that came out in, in 2011. That one I also was an associate producer on. That was directed by Sean Branny, but written by Sean and Andrew. And that one I just, you know, got to see just as a viewer. I got to go to the early screening, and I, I, I thought it was great. And it's yeah. that's a really tough story to adapt. Yes. Just, you know, just people writing letters to each other. And so I thought from a script perspective, they really did a great job in breaking it out. Yes. Again, being faithful, not only to the story itself, but to the time period. Yes. And also add adding those elements with the biplane that make it more of an adventure flick. I was glad they were able to build on the story. Because I mean, well, the, the way the story ends is, if you recall, Wilmarth just runs away. Right. <laughs> That's the end of the story. So that would be kind of a crappy movie. The stuff they do, they make it a little bit action-y, but the end of it is still very Lovecraftian, very creepy, very cosmic dreadish. Yeah. I, I think it's one of my favorites. If you haven't seen that, I would say it's available on DVD or Blu-ray out there take a peek at it. It's black and white, so if you if you don't like black and white films, you should still see it, because it's it's good. So let's get away from our stuff. I gotta say that you and I were both big fans of The Resurrected. Oh my god, yes. From 91. That stars our good friend, Chris Sarandon. That's right. Uh, who was in our film, The Chosen One, that we did, the animated, so we got to work with Chris. Yeah. And he also read on our show. He did, that's right. He read The Body Snatcher. He's such a great guy. Awesome guy. But that movie was directed by Dan O'Bannon, and written by Brent V. Friedman. The Resurrected is a modern day retelling of the case of Charles Dexter Ward, where Chris Randon plays Charles Dexter Ward and, of course, Joseph Kerwin yeah. in dual role. It's a low-budget film, but it, it hits all of the key stuff. There's a great scene, I think, in the uh, catacombs underneath the Kerwin house uh -huh. where they do this thing, which in movies it always bugs me how when people are in the dark, you can still see stuff. Mm -hmm. But in that movie, there's a part where it gets totally pitch black and this, there's nothing it's the screen is blackness and then when they kind of flicker on lights or they have a shotgun or a gun blast you can kind of start to see stuff it was so well done really yeah. creepy there's a flashback with a cool monster they fish out of the river oh yeah that's right yeah the acting in it is kind of odd it's off i don't understand why but it's a little stilted yeah and so that might turn people off but it's got a great noir feel to it too and it's it's one of the lovecraft adaptations that i feel really is trying to do what is in the story and yeah with a lot of these others they extrapolate a lot and i think that that's the nature of in fact wasn't there a, a site about lovecraftian cinema called unfilmable yeah you know the idea has always been <laughs> that this stuff is really kind of unfilmable because it's mental it's cosmic it's more about an internal conceptual horror yeah being able to see something makes it quantifiable yeah these things once you see them you could kind of put a label on it and go oh yeah it's a tentacle monster or it's this but in the, the stories, your your mind is never really supposed to be able to get around it, and that's only something that can exist in your imagination. And that's really tough to do in a movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of people still give it a try to varying degrees of success, I might add. Well, one flick that, and I'm just kind of jumping around madly here, but uh, sure. when last time I got to hang out with you when we were recording the patent shows, we just had to kill some time, and so we decided to see Annihilation. Yes, and I heard it was kind of this color out of space sci-fi thing. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's uh, uh, written and directed by Alex Garland and mm -hmm. uh, stars Natalie Portman. That was the same guy that did Ex Machia, right? Yeah, Ex Machina. Uh, we were totally blown away by it. Oh, man, I loved it. I think it actually comes out on video this week in the States. If, you, if folks haven't seen it, man, pick it up. I, it, it really blew me away. Now, I, some people didn't like it. Mm. And the reasons they didn't like it seemed ridiculous to me. Okay. 
Like nitpicky, you mean? Nitpicky stuff. Like the, they go into this, there's this kind of contaminated zone and they go in and they're like, why don't they have hazmat suits on? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me that they don't have hazmat. <laughs> you said that afterwards and I go, oh yeah, but I didn't even think about it during the during Exactly. The I didn't think about it. I was just in it. It's very uh, surreal. There's a kind of a, a surreal quality about it. So yeah. when people do things, you know, when they didn't go in with hazmat suits, it could have been easily written in that they walked in with hazmat suits because there's this cool bit. I'm going to spoil a little bit for you. Mm-hmm. When they first go into the zone, they black out. And when they come to, it's been like three days. They're in a camp that they set up. They've eaten their food. So they, for some reason, they can't remember the last three days. Yeah. In the movie, it just skips. It just goes, they walk in, boom. And then they're coming out of their tents and they're like, how the hell did we get in our tents? The element of the kind of the surreal, the weird, it is like a perfect weird film. And there are shades of a color out of space in there. Absolutely. It's unsettling, but it's also kind of beautiful. It's re- it's a gorgeous film. Yeah. On top of that, it, it's really great to look at. As far as adaptations of the color out of space go, I know that there's uh, Defarb. And then there's that, there's um, Stephen King's little bit in one of the creep shows where He's like turns into the moss monster, man, oh, right. which is kind of a color out of space thing too. <laughs> so there's been a few attacks on that story. This to me was the best, most modern kind of. It captures the the heart of it with the, the way that the beasts mutate. Yeah, all of those things that were in Lovecraft's story, the way the vegetation changes and that sort of stuff, they really exploit well. Yeah, in Annihilation, I think in the UK it was on Netflix. They didn't even get a, it was a, a release. Yeah, just fate that got us into that theater. It's like, oh wait. Annihilation starts in 10 minutes. Let's watch it. And we did. And it was, I knocked my socks off. Good. And now I, I'm going to bring up probably my favorite Lovecraftian horror film, which isn't an adaptation, but it is, I've said this many times, the 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. I just love that movie, period. Me too. It's, it's perfect. It's a perfect film. It's terrifying. It, it gives you that cosmic horror it's weird and unsettling in all those ways that it should be. It was written by Bill Lancaster, stars Kurt Russell, Wolford Brimley. Fabulous film. I'm sure everybody's seen it. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right now. Everybody's seen it, and and we uh, covered it at the Mountains of Madness as well as Who Goes There, so we definitely have talked about it at length. But um, yeah, if it, somebody hasn't seen it, get out there and do it. It's, it's, to me, the most Lovecraftian movie there is because it's got that sense of cosmic dread. It also has the body horror. Yeah. It also has monsters. So much paranoia in it, and it, mm. everything in it's yeah, it's perfect. It still unsettles me when I yeah, watch it. Absolutely, in a, in a great way. But it's still oh, it, it's it's powerful stuff. I know another John Carpenter film which I really enjoyed in the Mouth of Madness, and that came out in 1994. And that is purposely it's it's about a writer. It's got that kind of. <laughs> it's it's trying to be a Lovecraftian film, right? I mean, he he really is. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a good one. I think that there's some dumb stuff in there, but there's so, but it's totally over outweighed by the great stuff. You know, the yeah. person aging on the bicycle and the the weird ho- old man crouched behind the counter in the hotel. On the what? On the bicycle? Yeah, I don't know why I said it that way. I was hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> some people just go, I don't know. I guess that's how they say it in California. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe I've been away from America too long. No, I just screwed up. That's all. Okay, that's no, that's fine. It's got an interesting story. Again, I don't want to talk too much about these movies because I'm hoping people will go see them. There is some kind of crappy stuff in there, but there's also lots of cool stuff. I like the way that it ends. There's lots of tips of the hat to Lovecraft and his work. Yeah, it's just a, it's a fun, neat movie, and I like John Carpenter. It, it's not as good as The Thing, but it's no. still something I think if you're a Lovecraft fan, definitely check out. Or a Stephen King fan, because I feel, you know, the main character's name is Sutter Kane, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of a thinly veiled <laughs> 
Stephen King. <laughs> Sam Neill's in that movie. He's also in Event Horizon from 97, which I see you have on your list. It's uh, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and uh, written by Philip Eisner. And that has Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne in it. That one is a super creepy movie. And that, for me, felt extremely Lovecraftian. If yeah. you remember, the, the plot of it is this ship that disappeared seven years ago that had this kind of uh, black hole drive. It basically created a small black hole and then it disappeared. Nobody knew what happened to it. And then it just showed up again seven years later. And then they're going to check it out. There was some kind of massacre on board. They had some creepy message got sent over. It's all this kind of reality shifting otherworldly. There are other things out in the universe. And by them creating this gravity drive, they sort of, they open it up to another world where there are these other entities. And yeah. Yeah, it's very creepy and strange and weird and you don't really get any solid explanations of what's going on. It's just a very dreadful kind of movie. It's a B movie. And when I say that, it's it's not an elevated science fiction movie. It's just like, no. let's get in here and get to the horror. Yeah. But it's got some really, I still remember seeing it in the theater and there's the first recording they get back from the ship and it's just people screaming. Yes. <laughs> and it scared the pants off of me. I remember It that. was really creepy. It, yeah, you're right. It is a B movie. It's It's pretty much a haunted house story. Yeah. Except it's on a spaceship. Well, and also, if you're in space, man, just don't answer any distress calls. Don't go, <laughs> right? That's just never going to turn out well. <laughs> that will not work out for you. Well, speaking of space, that gets me into another film, the 1979 Alien. Yeah. Some people uh, don't necessarily think that this is a Lovecraftian film, but lots of people do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come at it and say that I, I, I'm one of those people. I think it is pretty Lovecraftian. It's uh, obviously directed by Ridley Scott, if you didn't know, and written by Dan O'Bannon, who also did The Resurrected. Yeah. And also Return of the Living Dead, which is one of my other favorite films. Oh, I love Return of the Living Dead. Not Lovecraftian. I mean, I guess we should say what we mean by that. I think that you can have a movie that explores cosmic horror, explores the more intellectual side of horror, like Annihilation. Yeah. Or you can have something that has elements from actual Lovecraft stories in it, like Reanimator. Right. But Reanimator is sort of a 80s slasher in a way. You know, yeah. It's not really digging into cosmic horror. It's just no. taking the fun stuff from Lovecraft stories. So you've got, on the one side, you've got that. Or Evil Dead yes. uh, from 1981, mm -hmm. which has the Necronomicon in it. So it's got a, it, it touches on Lovecraft's work. And it definitely has some things that are creepy in ways I don't understand. I think that's the scariest one, the first Evil Dead. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Something about its low-budgetness makes it creepier. I don't know what it is. Even though the makeup's better in Evil Dead 2, I like that movie more because it's funny as well. And yeah. It, it, it kind of exists in its own horror comedy genre. But the first Evil Dead, just that low-budge makeup and stuff really bothers me when I when I see it. It's unsettling. Yeah. That's a good topic to bring up. Like, what makes a film a Lovecraftian film? I mean, you touched upon it a bit there. It definitely, the idea of a cosmic horror or kind of a nihilistic yeah. universal view that we're all insignificant. If the movie sort of makes you look at like, oh, you're nothing. You're just a human being on this tiny planet. Your life is inconsequential to the whole universe. That feels pretty Lovecraftian. Or that there are other intelligences, things, I should say, I shouldn't even say, things that exist that are beyond our understanding or insanity inducing by their mere existence. Like that movie Arrival. Yes. It explored some concepts that I miss from a lot of science fiction because in science fiction movies, when we meet the aliens, they have very noble objectives. Or it's we can communicate with them. Yeah. Or we can upload computer viruses to their ship somehow. <laughs> the main character was a linguist, was amazing. Yeah. It sort of reminded me when I started learning um, other languages in college, and you realize that, that other languages have entire cases that we don't have. Mm -hmm. Like in Russian, they have a case for some of their nouns that tells you not only 
you know, when something happened, but where it happened. And it's all built into the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things like that that you, wow. But in that, they explored how they took that to such a, another level. The aliens were very alien. Yeah. And and that was, was super cool. And Lovecraftian. The, but I think that there is there is a level of benevolence that the aliens had that that took it away from the realm of Lovecraft. Because usually these things are malignant. They're not they're not very nice. Or they just don't care about exactly. This, you know? and, and so you you're right, because I think that they wanted to communicate really badly. Whereas in Annihilation, I don't know what the aliens I don't I don't no know what way. they want. Yeah, still don't know what I don't know if they're bad or good or or confused or or just <laughs> you know? not even sentient. Like they're yeah. you know, it, it man, that movie I thought it was. I still think it's cool. Okay, you're coming back to it. Can't help it. But it's those elements that make films for me Lovecraftian. That there is a, a supernatural darkness and cosmic conceptual horror. And if those elements are in there, and maybe some monsters, then it, then yeah, I say that's a Lovecraftian movie. But then you have things that are sort of adaptations of Lovecraft, like a Reanimator, which I love. Right. Uh, and I actually love Stewart's movie Dagon. Yeah. I think it, it nails some things about that story. I don't know if it ever gets to that sense of cosmic horror, but it has other things that are Lovecraftian, like Fishmen. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, this weird inbreeding and stuff. By the way, I just watched his movie Castle Freak. Oh. Because I got the opportunity. <laughs> so Full Full Moon uh, is doing remakes of or sequels to a bunch of their old library. They got a new Puppet Master movie that just came oh. out. And uh, they announced that they're going to do a remake of Castle Freak from the 90s. But that has a funny story because Stuart was just in Charles Band's office, Charles Band being the guy who ran Full Moon at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those total Ed Wood things where they made the poster but didn't have a movie. <laughs> so he just had a poster that said <laughs> Castle Freak on the wall. And Stuart said, what's that? And he goes, I don't know, it's a movie. People like that title. And he goes, well, what, what's, it, what's it about? And he goes, well, there's a castle and there's a freak. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, if I come up with a pitch... Will you hear it? And he said, yeah. And then, of course, Stuart went and drew from The Outsider. Mm-hmm. Although there's only really one element of The Outsider in the movie where the, the creature comes up, sees himself in the mirror and shatters it. Yeah. It's like it was like a half a million dollar movie, I think. Wow. Jeffrey Combs is in it and Barbara Crampton. It's like mid 90s. Everything Stuart does is interesting. You know, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it is interesting to watch. It does have some really graphically yeah. upsetting yeah. sex stuff in it, which I was like, whoa. But actually was corresponding with Barbara recently because they're going to do a remake of that as well and she asked me to do a pitch which I did they didn't no. dig on it I think because I got a little too I, I can never know but I think I was maybe getting a little too <laughs> Lovecrafty and literary about, uh, about it well. and they probably just want a straight up monster movie but who knows but uh, it was great to get the opportunity to do it and Barbara Crampton is super nice and is producing a lot of her own stuff now yeah so that was really cool to at least get a correspond with her and, and, and give my pitch I was trying to get the party scene in there I felt like if you're going to have the outsider you got to have the party scene oh yeah yeah. Or he freaks out. You know? Yeah, of course. So hopefully whoever does it does work that in. Well, Seward also adapted from Beyond as well, which was right. very Lovecraftian conceptually. It, again, it feels more is, like a yeah. monster movie than it does a cosmic horror kind of film. But those elements uh, are, yeah. are in I there. haven't seen it in a long time, but I do think it has some cosmic horror in it. Oh, yeah. I have to go watch that again. I think they're talking about making a sequel to that or, or a reboot or something as well. Oh. That, that's, I've heard that around out on the street, out on the mean streets of Hollywood. <laughs> You're always running those mean streets. There's other films that that have come out. There was the Cthulhu film, which was an adaptation of Shadow Over Innsmouth. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. You, you never saw it. I didn't know. It does some interesting things. I would say it's more of an arty film. Yeah. And more on the conceptual horror level. The protagonist is gay. They kind of have a different take on that because with the Shadow Over Innsmouth, 
it's kind of the horror of finding out that inside you're this other thing that you're you're not human like you're a deep one yeah and so the the protagonist of that story is gay so that he is not really accepted by his family uh, for that reason I think I, I, again I don't want to try and spoil too much of it they want him to breed I guess is probably a, uh, a better a way to and, and he's not into that so there's a lot going on I, I think that, that it's not it's more than just a Lovecraft adaptation I think it has some commentary on family and and you know being gay and having to deal with those things and the pressures of society to be a certain way it's a little slow moving it, I would say it's more of an art film yeah than it is like your typical horror fair Even, I think I remember yeah I think I remember folks saying that about it also uh, Out of Mind which was a kind of a cool uh, short film that was you can get that with the uh, Lovecraft Film Festival DVDs that they put out, and it's on a compilation with a bunch of other short ones. But that one has this actor who's Lovecraft talking into like an old microphone. Oh right, right. It kind of flashes between one of Lovecraft's stories and then also modern day, and then it has that in there. It's really cool. Check that one out. It's it's a very low budget thing, but it's it's well done, and it's not you, it's not very long. You just watched the Void this week, right? I haven't got to catch that. I one did yet. watch the Void. Yeah, everybody was telling me I need to see it because it's super Lovecraftian. And there are some strong Lovecraftian elements. The cosmic horror is totally there, but for me, it felt like it was one of these monster siege movies. Yeah, and it was mostly that. It had a few other elements in there, uh, a lot of creepy things, cultists that stuff and it was shot beautifully like a beautiful cinematography and the creatures were super cool but it felt cosmetically fresh but the content of it was nothing i hadn't seen before you know uh one movie that that i liked a lot that i saw recently was the burrowers that came out a couple of years ago. right that's a western right yeah it's a western and there's some creatures i don't want to say too much about it but it's a great mixing of the lovecraftian monster with the western genre and actually i just also watched a movie that came out last year and didn't get very good distribution that has kurt russell in it called bone tomahawk yes that's on netflix in the uk i just started watching it right before we got on right i was when i was making oh really making dinner i had it on the on the ipad and I was just watching the opening of it. Solid opening. It's a it's a solid movie. It's a good horror movie. And I, I actually think it's a little more like maybe a Robert E. Howard story or something like that. Oh. Because the villains are like evil cannibals out in the outskirts of this town. Oh. And it's a lot more like action, you know, let's go get them. Oh. But they, boy, they are really bad, bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in the, it's in, if you like Lovecraft stuff, I think you'll like it. It's pretty horrific. Yeah. The climax of it. There's also uh, The Mist, which came out, oh, gosh, yeah. about nine years ago, I think. Uh, yeah. And that's, it's pretty Lovecraftian. There's a mist that rolls into town and there's all these tentacle monstery things that live in the mist. These people get trapped in a supermarket. Again, it's another siege movie. It is. But it's got a super downer ending. I mean, at least it's, it's not afraid to go there. Yeah. Um, they also adapted that into a television series. Oh, that's which right. We watched a little of, and it was it was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I, but obviously not enough for me to keep watching. No. It. I don't know if it got picked up for a second season or not. Last, I wanted to bring up something that's not really a Lovecraft adaptation, and it's not a movie. Uh-huh. True Detective, which came out in 2014, right. and that had uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey in there. Yeah. They borrow a lot more from King and Yellow and Robert W. Chambers. And I think there's some uh, Ambrose Beer stuff. Ambrose Beer's stuff as well mm-hmm. in there, Haster and this kind of thing. But it was really exciting. I, I was a little disappointed that more of that didn't manifest at the end of it, but it was a pretty solid show. Yeah. But for me, the weird element of that show was like 100%. Like it couldn't get any more strange and unsettling. And you weren't really sure. 
even at the end, if something supernatural happened or if not. Yeah, and McConaughey had his point of view, his nihilistic point of view, really reeked of oh yeah this kind of Lovecraftian philosophy, but also the way that he was having he was having flashbacks from drugs or something, right? So he would see odd things when he was undercover. He would he would have uh, he did drugs as an undercover cop, right? He you know, would have acid flashbacks from the, the the time that he did acid stuff. So he would see crazy things occasionally, but he wasn't sure if it was real or if it was a flashback. And that was kind of a good device for the weird. Well, it was a great way to put an unreliable narrator right in the middle of a television show. Yeah. You know, which is kind of difficult to do. So that was super cool. And obviously HBO likes Lovecraft. They're going to be doing Lovecraft Country, the Matt Ruff books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also way back in the day, they made Cast a Deadly Spell. Yes. It was one of the first HBO <laughs> flicks with uh, Julianne Moore and Fred Ward. Fred Ward. We both liked that. I mean, that was right when we were teenagers, man. We we ate that up for breakfast. I yeah. loved it so much. It's I honestly I haven't watched it in probably 15, 20 years, but I've I've watched it so much that my memory seems pretty fresh with it. And it's not Lovecraftian on the cosmic scale, I would say. No. I mean the main character's named Detective Lovecraft, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's more name checking, but it's a cool world. It's like everybody uses magic, but he's the luddite that doesn't want to use it. Yeah, they've got the zombie guy in there, and uh, it and it's got David Warner. Is that's right, David Warner is the bad guy, and he summons up Yog Sothoth at the end of the movie. So yeah. you know, that's pretty Lovecrafty in there. It sure is. You always want to see a good summoning at the end of the, of a movie, and you rarely get it. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he does the whole thing, reads from a book, says all the nonsense words. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's great. It's really good. I mean, there's, of course, there's so many that are out there. I, I went on a website and just was looking at uh, other films that people thought were Lovecraftian. And man, there's a lot of them I've never seen. Europa Report, Jug Face, Monsters Dark Continent, which is kind of the low budget sequel to that Monsters film about the giant monsters in, oh, right, in right, South yeah. America, which people have told me also I've heard is very Lovecraftian. Okay. Uh, there's a movie called Resolution, came out in 2012. Some people argue that Prometheus is Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. and I can see that there are elements. It's got to that. Uh, at the Mountains of Madness kind of elements. It to does, it, yeah. In terms of how humanity was created and that sort of thing. Uh, just a whole slew of movies that I have yet to see, and they keep making them. So I'm not sure. <laughs> How, how good these are or if, how bad they are. So if you've seen them and you think that after listening to Chad and I talk about them that we would like them, please post in the comments. I mean, I was afraid that we just jump on here and list movies, which is actually what we've done. Hopefully it's somewhat <laughs> interesting to hear us talk about them. At least it starts the discussion. People are definitely interested in this. So comment on this show. Let us know what we're missing. What's a great stuff. And then when we do our comments show next month, we can get all your suggestions out to everybody else. And yeah. so we can keep this conversation going. Yeah, exactly. It would be terrible if we didn't mention David Lynch uh, before we jump off here. Right. Uh, Lynch's tone and style really conveys the sense of discomfort and the weird that Mm -hmm. I think Lovecraft wanted to uh, get out there. You know, that feeling that you're being touched by the other, that something is happening that is completely outside of the bounds of reality. Yeah. And you you definitely get that in Mulholland Drive, lots of times in Twin Peaks. Lost Highway. Lost Highway, that's what I was trying to think of. Oh my gosh, I love Lost Highway so much. Yeah. You know, I think that everybody knows that, but if you have never heard of this David Lynch, (laughs) that's something you might want to check out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's some really creepy Lovecraftian stuff, especially Twin Peaks, the original and the new one is really out there. I mean, that's yeah. another television show that's come out in the last few years that is a, a darling of everybody is Stranger Things, which has some serious right. Lovecraftian elements to it. Yeah, giant monsters in the sky and whatnot. There's super cool stuff out there. So please let us know which ones you like or which ones you think we would like. Uh, this is our first bonus content. So please, in the comments of this episode, let us know if we're doing stuff that you like. Let us know what you would like us to talk about on our next bonus content episode. It can be anything, and we we don't have a format for these things yet. Yeah. Keep suggesting stuff, and, and hopefully it'll find its, itself. But this is, I mean, I just love sitting around talking about movies. Hopefully it's interesting for other folks to talk about. That's my, my concern, <laughs> is that we're being interesting for other people, because I love talking movies with you, Pfeiffer. Yep, it's awesome. That's all we have for this show. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Chad Pfeiffer. I'm Chris Lackey, and you've been listening to the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast Bonus Content Show. Cinema Edition. <laughs> Here at HPPodcraft.com. Catch us on Patreon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. HP podcast.com ah!